Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. My count, seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. I don't know why we take him out in public. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, Luke Johnson, and Caleb Hamill with us today. We're broadcasting a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. We're at Collins, Mississippi for the Mississippi Peanut Festival. And we're broadcasting from the beautiful showroom of Woolwine Ford here on Highway 49 in Collins. Magnificent facility. Great, great family. Always so accommodating about allowing us to bring remote broadcasts uh, to their studio. And we thank them very much for that. Uh, glad you're with us on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. We're going to be talking to Gary Williams, who is a former player for the great Bobby Collins at Big Nasty, the two probably most historic coaches in Southern Miss football history. Will East from Super Talk Mississippi will be updating all the high school action for us. We hope to have uh, Mr. Woolwine, John Woolwine, on the show later. Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald who has covered Sunbelt sports for a long time, going to give us his analysis of where the Sunbelt stands as we enter week five of the football season. We're going to have a representative from Mitchell Farms here to tell you where you can take your kids this weekend for just a great time, and we're glad to be up here in Collins. The opening segment of our show, as always, is sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of the Eagle Hour and proud supporters of Southern Miss Athletics. Now, all week long on our Super Talk uh, Laurel Station, You've been hearing ads from a number of Collins businesses who have supported our coverage of the Peanut Festival up here. Uh, That includes Sullivan Brothers, Auto Outfitters, The Rack Outdoors, Mitchell Farms, Covington County Bank, Main Street Cafe, Wade Funeral Home, Annie B's, JPR Equipment, and, of course, Woolwine Ford. And we want to thank them uh, for allowing WLAU to uh, place such an emphasis all week long on the Peanut Festival, which is taking place here in this great city of Collins. And uh, we look forward to learning more about that a little later in the show. Bob Kelly, Luke, and as I said, Caleb Hamill up here producing and uh, joining us on the show today. And Caleb, being a Mississippi State graduate like you are, it is always good to see you sporting a Southern Miss polo shirt. You know, I've been in Hattiesburg since 2017, and it's honestly become just you know, fun to support these local schools. Now, I mean, obviously Southern Miss is the big one, but William Carey as well. I feel like I've really been able to adopt the culture, even though you I'll have. still go three hours you up have. the road to Starville every now and then. Three, it drives three hours to be disappointed all the time. Yeah, yeah. But you probably just physically and emotionally feel better when you're wearing a Southern Miss shirt like that. Is that fair to say, Caleb? 
Uh, you know, it doesn't burn the same way it used to. You know, it, it feels okay now. I've washed it a couple times, and it, it works out. You had a scar on the left part of your chest when you first put that on. Right. Where the right. logo just sort of burned an imprint. I, I think it was the holy water, actually, that, uh, that they were throwing over it. Yeah. 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 Man, what a beautiful place Woolwine Ford is. Man, this is a, just a gorgeous, gorgeous facility. And, Luke, they've got a $123,000 Shelby GT Mustang that I think you need to uh, work a deal on for you. Well, you were already uh, when when I showed up, like your entire body was in it. Like you were observing the leather seats. It is a sticker price of one hundred twenty three thousand. But you know, my father in law Don husband works works here, so maybe can he, he cut can, me a deal. He can cut you a deal. I got five thousand cash. You can pass that along to him. I can put it on work at other places. Before, before I think we'll I need a couple more high school football broadcasts, just junior college games, <laughs> just a few. Only a hundred fifty years of doing it, and then we may be able to pay for it. There we go, man. I, I hate that the Eagles aren't playing this weekend. Well, I was about to say no game this weekend. When I was at practice Tuesday, some of the players sort of expressed that they would like to have played again this weekend. And I even heard Coach Hall talk a little bit about how you kind of carry over that momentum. But I think what they're going to do and what they've done, uh, they're using this time off to try to fine-tune a few areas that they think they need to be a little better at. Uh, I know he gave every player the assignment of write down one thing you can get better at before we play again. And so I think that's the approach uh, that they've taken. Luke, is it an advantage or disadvantage uh, after such a big win not to play? Um, From a momentum perspective, possibly, but the way the schedule is, I mean, the way that the schedule could have worked out if you would have been possibly, you know, one and three or even three and one, you would still kind of want a breather before you go in, you know, to eight straight weeks of, of conference action. So I think it falls pretty well for the simple fact is you went out and you played your best game of the year. And so you get to to think about that in, in practice. It does get a little old not being able to hit on anybody, you know, for, for another week or so. Um, but I mean, you know, losing some of the players that we ha- we have, you know, with with Bozeman now being out, you you've got to get positions like the linebacker that are starting yeah. to get a little thin. You got to start getting some depth again. With that's those. a big loss. It is. That's a, that's a loss not only from a football player standpoint, but I think a leadership standpoint. And I think uh, he's probably one of the most admired. Members of the football team by the other players. Am I yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. That? And, and I, I talked to Swayze this week. Of course, he and I both are, you know, connected through Bill Broadhead's scholarship. And I just encouraged him. And what I'm thankful about Swayze Bozeman, he knows um, that he his role is different now. And there's going to be a lot of young players that look up to him, and he's going to be able to provide leadership. After the Liberty game, I walked up to him. He gave me a big hug, and you know, just disappointed as he was to lose that game, but at the same time feeling that this is a really good team and they can do good things yeah, this year. They're just a whisper away from being 3-1. and one. Is it generally assumed now, guys, that the quarterback, air quotes, situation is now put to bed that Wilkie is the guy? I can't imagine that you would set Wilkie down at this point, Luke. I couldn't see it either, and it, you know, if we would have played tomorrow, Keys wouldn't have been available anyway because the, one of the reasons he only played one time last week was because of the injury of the hand. You could see during the game he was icing it some. Um, yeah, the only thing w- that would possibly get tied back in um, is if they, you know, possibly if they want to run, you know, some unique sets, and that's what he does. That they can mix it up a little bit and put him in there. Um, but it's going to be, you know, Zach probably having to lose the job now. Um, and obviously nobody wants that because you'll be losing football games if that happens. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how – I think it helps in this situation where your head coach is, is the coach of that position. 
But what do you th- what do you think that? And this is hypothetical, of course. I'm asking you to to take over somebody else's mind. But if you're Ty Keys right now, what are you thinking? I mean, the way that it usually works, and I'm, I'm talking because this guy's been a starter his whole absolutely. life. You know, gave up a baseball you know situation to to play football. What helps Southern Miss and Ty Keys and Will Hall in this situation is the relationship that Ty Keys has with Will Hall. Now, in this day and age, it may not be enough to keep a kid, you know, at your school, but I don't think we need to talk like that yet. I mean, we're just a quarter or a third of the way through a football season, right. but you heard Zach talk last week about how he and Ty, you know, kind of view mm-hmm. each other. And so, um, I still think that, that Ty has a role on this team this year, and it's more than just, you know, supporting from the sideline. I, I, I think they will find ways when he's, when he's healthy to get him work. In whatever way. Because nobody has ever disputed his athleticism. It's just the rawness. It's the, um, you know, it's it's like, well, I went back to it in in the first couple games. It was almost like he had already pre-snap decided where he was going to throw the football. And that got us into trouble on a couple of interceptions. Um, and, And I... And it helps when you're just throwing go routes down the field and letting Brownlee go up and just snag it out of the air. But I feel like that was a part of his game um, that he needed to take the next step to in order to be what all the talent, you know, raw talent says that he can be. One of the things I'm looking forward to going forward now, well, obviously, if you're looking forward to it, it's going forward, but is is to see now how the defensive line begins to blossom. Because, Bob, I think you mentioned earlier this week, mm-hmm. they looked really good and like they were having fun out there. And there's a difference right. between playing well and having fun and playing well. Right. It was spirited out there Tuesday morning. There's no question about that. High-spirited. Uh, you get on the field with these kids, you realize how big they are. I mean, they really have they really have some size on the defensive line. They tell me there's seven that they rotate in and out and feel just as comfortable with any of those seven kids playing at any one time. And if you talk to the linebackers like Havas we talked to mm-hmm. Tuesday, they give full credit to uh, the defensive line that they're able to play better because of the pressure the defensive line is putting on the offense. I can't remember in the last decade where we've had this much good depth at the defense line. It, it's, I mean, depth's always a great thing. Right. But when you've got guys where it doesn't matter whether we put him or him on the field and there's no let off between those two, that, that's something that we haven't had. Santrell Latham is having a great season so far. And all of the linebackers, and even the guys in the secondary, will say that it really all starts up front yep. You know, on that defensive line. Well, when you have linebackers that are making tons of plays, it's because the defensive line is, is creating so, such havoc up front. They're, they're basically closing down options for the running back to run through. And so everything that the backers feel, they get tackles with. And you were talking about the, the, the week off. You know, not only are you going into conference play next week, you're going into a game which could very well decide when the smoke clears. You know, yes. a, a, a tiebreaker situation, if Troy and Southern Miss are both tied, obviously whoever wins that game head-to-head, it, it, that's going to be huge. Yeah, absolutely. That'll be fun. All right, Gary Williams played football for two pretty good coaches, Bobby Collins and Big Nasty. He works here at Worldwide Ford, and he's going to join us next on this special edition of the Eagle Hour from the Peanut Festival in Collins, Mississippi.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, we're glad you are this afternoon. Two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from Woolwine Ford up here in college, part of the Mississippi Peanut Festival, and we appreciate all the businesses who have joined WLAU throughout the week to promote the Peanut Festival. And we're going to have someone uh, from Mitchell Farms on the show a little later, and she's going to let you know just what all you can enjoy this weekend uh, here in college. Second segment of our show, as always, is sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net, and we appreciate all they do for Southern Miss Athletics and, of course, the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Our next guest is an employee here at Woolwine Ford, but uh, he was a football player, Gary Williams, for two legendary coaches, Bobby Collins and Jim Carmody. And I guess you and I are about the same age because my wife and I came to Southern Miss when Coach Collins uh, was here as the head coach. So we we were witness to the I Believe years mm-hmm. and, and all the greatness. And you were a part of uh, – a real magical time, Southern Miss football. Absolutely, it um, it went by really fast. But um, Coach Collins was such a dynamic leader, and um, when the, I believe started, it was just it just took off. It was amazing. It, it, is it fair to say, Gary, if you sit down and talk to a young Southern Miss person like now, our intern back here would be a great example, <laughs> a young man like him, it would be hard to adequately explain the excitement. And the fervor that took place in South Mississippi when that football program took off the way it did. It would be, in a word, amazing for them to have been there and been a part of it because it was such a magical time. You, you hit the perfect word because everybody, it was just like a community that was on fire, you know. And I wish and hope that it gets back to that, and I think it will. No, but uh, it was fun. It was fun. So how did it happen, Gary? How did all the pieces come together that fell in the right place back then? That's a great question, Kelly. Um, There was some really good football players that Coach Underwood had recruited. PW? Yes, sir. And then when Coach Collins took the program over, they they went through a kind of a rough patch. They were rebuilding the stadium. But by the time that my group got there, and I was fortunate enough to be with Reggie and Sammy and Ricky Floyd, and the list goes on and on and on, people that just – or in the L- Hall of Lewis Fame. Lewis Lips. Lewis Lips, yeah. thank you. But uh, yes, Gerald Bayless. Ger- oh, yes, sir. Hanford uh, Dixon. Fastest, don't forget, don't fastest human Gerald being Bayless, in the yeah. world, Gerald yeah. Bayless. Yeah, Hanford no Dixon played uh, with the Browns. Yeah. Oh, just unbelievable. Just all the pieces came together. Similar kind of what Coach Hall's doing right now, you know, going into grassroots Mississippi, Bassville, Mississippi. Uh, I kidded them for years to say, you know, y'all want to go to play football somewhere else, but you kind of go to Bassville, your mama's there, you know. It's a pipeline, you know, so not to just pick out on Bassfield, but there's been a many a good football player. But, but when did you think, when did you think, though, that, hey, we do have something going on here? We don't know what it is, maybe, but we got something working here. To me, looking back, of course, I was 18 years old. Um, they went up and played Cincinnati and beat them, and they were, you know, favored. Cincinnati was favored, but I just remember them talking about that game and, you know, all the build-up to it. And then the next year, Florida State, and then it just started to kind of roll. You know, the pieces started to roll together. Yeah, it so. had to be that. It had to be. It. I may have the score a little wrong, but like 58-14 to 14 shellacking of Florida State. Oh, my gosh, yes. On ABC television yes, back, at the, back in the time where very few games were on TV, and that was the Southeastern Regional that game was, that was on television that weekend. And the Golden Eagles absolutely destroyed Florida State. Showed out. 
just just put on a complete show. Reggie yeah. and just it was unbelievable. Just magical again, magical. You know. I'll give you two more great games, and not to pick at my buddy here because he is a good friend of all of ours. But that same team went to Mississippi State at their homecoming. Had introduced a little guy named Wee Willie Heidelberg. And they beat Mississippi State about 44 to 14 at homecoming. And then, of course, you, you can never forget about the, and you, you may laugh at a tie, but to go to Birmingham and tie Alabama and Bear Bryant and then beat them the next year, uh, quite remarkable. Unbelievable. I think there was a newspaper, it might have been the Hattiesburg American, that said USM wins 13 to 13, you know, when we played Alabama. So, Long time ago, but so many yeah. good memories. Unbelievable. And, and what about the classic that for many years was the was the largest attended game in the history of Mississippi? Mississippi State, Southern Miss, both in the top twenty five, a seven to six classic football game in Jackson. Unbelievable. Sixty four thousand unbelievable over change. We had to uh Highway Patrolman had to get at Florence and get the traffic to get on either side of the road, highway, so we could get through. Now, was Emory Ballard at State then? He was. He was the coach. Yeah, he was the coach. And I think after that, isn't that when the phrase, make Emory a memory, didn't that start to (laughs) (laughs) He was quite a coach. Uh, He was. He was a good coach. And uh, they were two great football teams, great football teams. They really uh, were. It was something to see. But when when you look at the litany of players, Gary, that went on to make major contributions in the nfl all pros all pros that's where i was going with yes, this sir. when did you guys realize if ever just how good reggie collier was was it when he went to the pros or before then did we, you? we knew it before um to be that gifted i think it really settled in on, on a lot of us when Reggie was the first one in the history of the game to go for a thousand rushing and a thousand passing mm. so for to set that record i mean is unbelievable, you know. So I, I contend, and of course you can argue about this. I contend he's the greatest football player that ever played at Southern Miss, and I will a agree college with football player. Now a lot of people would say Ray Guy, and I get that. There's a great argument there, but Reggie Collier was a man ahead of his time. And had Reggie come along 20 years later, oh my gosh, he would have been the Cam Newton. This run past stuff. He was do. the Cam Newton of his day. And I want to ask you about Big Nasty, Jim Carmody, because I've never had, I never in my career have had any problem with Jim Carmody. I uh, always was very professional. You'd set a time to meet with him, and he'd give you whatever time you right. needed. But he had this reputation of don't look at him. Don't, you don't cross him. Don't do anything. But I found him to be very agreeable. What was it like playing for Jim Carmody? Very strict. Um, when he said it, a minute, and it, 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 we didn't deviate off the path. I mean, obviously, you know, it was a different era for football, right? But they, um, he was a master at what we were talking about with Blard earlier, with the figuring out what we need to do to shut them down, reads and keys and. It was amazing. I mean, he truly was a defensive. I, I, I guess the gentleman that told me this story had have been at one point one of your former teammates, but he said Coach Carmody had a a piece of a fire hose that he would bring out to the practice field, and if he laid the fire hose down, you knew it wasn't good because one guy would get on one end of the fire hose and the other on the other, 
and you fought until somebody drove the other guy off the end of the fire hose. That remember? was inside drills, yes, sir. Yeah, oh, they were yeah. fun, weren't oh, they? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I played linebacker. That's mostly for the D-line. Cause, but, yeah. but, but Carmody brought instant credibility back as head coach. When you're a defensive coordinator in the National Football League, yeah. you know, for the Buffalo yeah. Bills, I think for Lou Saban maybe back then, yep. um, I mean, that's instant credibility coming back as the head coach. And, and talking to other guys that, that played along with you, Gary, they said there really wasn't any other choice once Coach Collins left, that Carmody was the natural guy to take that. It was the natural choice. You're exactly right. And then, you know, my senior year, we had a fantastic year, not as good as we'd like for it to have been, but we that was the year we beat Alabama. So that will always be in the record books. Uh, what described the difference in playing for Coach Carmody and Coach Collins? Mm, I would say there wasn't that much change. Um, Coach Carmody and Coach Collins both – had different ways of dealing with people, but that was just their personalities. So there wasn't a lot of change as far as I was concerned. I mean, uh-huh. I was still I was on defense the whole time with Carmody, so it wasn't wasn't wasn't. Yeah. That, wasn't and that's really all he cared about. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, defense. What is it? Defense wins championships. Well, and look, he 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 went on to be the defensive coordinator at all three Division One mm-hmm. schools, and when in Mississippi, and when he was at all three schools, no coincidence. Their defenses were very, very good. They were very good. You're right. Yes, yeah. sir. Really, maybe in a way the most iconic football coach in Mississippi history because, as I say, he played huge roles at State, Ole Miss, and USM and uh, was really an outstanding coordinator at all three universities. He just, you know, throughout my lifetime of, of being around people, he was he was just a natural leader like Coach Collins was, maybe in a little different way, but nobody had a, an advantage on him as far as defense. Right. All right, you're from here, right? You yes, live sir. here in Collins? So uh, well, I live in McGee. I work here. Okay, so you know about the Peanut Festival. Yes, sir. Okay, all about all the fun at Mitchell Farms this weekend. Yes, sir. And you even have some peanuts in a bag there, I, I understand. do, I do. Well, They're ce- Ke- celebration peanuts. Kelly doesn't like peanuts, so Caleb and I'll take the peanuts. Kelly, uh, Kelly's on a, a real strict vegetarian, <laughs> health conscious diet. Now, I was I, hoping he'd bring some Mobay beignets with him, but you know, I, I'm like with the old joke. I'm on a seafood diet. Any any food I see, I eat. <laughs> you eat, yeah, you know. Uh, so I believe that, don't you? I was going to compliment you, like you've lost some weight to me. So I, I, mean, I actually have. Thank yeah, you for noticing. Yeah. See you, Bob. <laughs> I've made a friend, Bob. Ever since he came into the neighborhood, we've been trying to work on him. Walking the circle out there. To what degree has your property value dropped since that happened, Caleb? You know, with this inflation we got going on, it's it's kind of evened out. Kind of evened out. Mock, if you will. <laughs> All right, Gary, thank you. You're welcome. Great talking Glad about this. Glad to be here. Welcome to wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day. Thank Hope you. All, have All right, day. when we come back, we'll at least catch us up on high school football. John Woolwine, the man himself. Got to join us here at the bottom of the hour as well. Stay with us. Southern Miss to the top. 
Hey, welcome back to a two-hour edition of the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from Collins, Mississippi, part of the Mississippi Peanut Festival this weekend here at Collins, and they're really happy to be up here. I want to thank Sullivan Brothers Auto Outfitters, The Rack Outdoors, Mitchell Farms, Covington County Bank, Main Street Cafe, Wade Funeral Home, Annie B's, and J&R Equipment, along with Woolwine Ford for their sponsorship uh, this weekend of WLAU's coverage of the Mississippi Peanut Festival, and we're very grateful to them uh, for all they do. I want to also thank 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. They sponsor the third segment of the Eagle Hour every day, and I can tell you all the big games will be on the TVs at 4th Street all weekend. Uh, Great food. Uh, They're going to have a special Sunday morning brunch for the New Orleans Saints. What is it, 8.30 kickoff? In London, yeah. 7.30, 8.30 kickoff against the Minnesota Vikings. All right, it's Friday afternoon. Uh, Will East, of course, is the co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard Show, and he uh, graciously joins us every Friday to preview the big games around the state. All right, uh, Will, uh, tell us. Give us the top three. Let's start out that way. Top three games this weekend uh, in Mississippi high school football. Well, the number one game by far, by leaps and bounds, is Brandon at Warren Central. Uh, Brandon's the number one team in the state, unbeaten. Uh, the closest game they've played this season was a seven-point win over Clinton. That was a high-scoring affair. Uh, they just look to be the part right now of a, of a, a team that is going to make a deep playoff run and have a say in who wins the state championship. Warren Central kind of comes into this as a little bit of a sleeper, and now that they're four and zero, they've 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 gone from sleeper to contender. I would say last week they had a huge overtime win against Oak Grove. You guys are probably familiar with what happened in that game, but if you don't know, Warren Central on the road in overtime goes for two and the win, which normally on the road you kick the extra point and keep overtime just rolling, but they went for the the two-point conversion, got it, and won the game on the road. So now they're 4-0. And Warren Central, guys, if you're not familiar with them, it's usually one of the toughest places to play at. Uh, I remember in 2016, I believe it was, Cam Akers and Clinton, they were the number one team, undisputed number one team, and their, their only loss of the season was when they went over to Warren Central to play the Vikings. It's just a tough place to play it so that that's the biggest game of the night i would say the number two game is probably oxford at tupelo and the reason why i think this is the number two game is because tupelo has slowly become maybe the number two maybe the number three team in all of 6a right now they were playing some incredible football they had a huge win last week on the road against grenada they won that game 20 to 7 they are getting things done both offensively and defensively. They scored the most points in all of 6A, and they've allowed the fewest points in all of 6A. When you do that, you're going to have a 5-0 record like they do. And tonight is really going to be a big challenge for them because they're going to play Oxford, and Oxford's a little bit of a different team. Oxford is a team that can challenge you on offense through the air or on the ground. They've got a running back by the name of Roman Gregory who you need to know about, and that kid is a stud. He's an incredible player. And he's one of these players where he'll play some smaller school and have, you know, 100 yards. But he'll play some big 6A powerhouse and have 200 yards. He does better in the big games. And uh, he had a huge game against their rival Lafayette a couple of weeks ago. And I would expect he'll have a big game tonight. So can Tupelo's defense kind of live up to the hype there? So I would say that would be 
my number two game. My number three game is going to be in 5A between Van Cleve and Picayune. These are two undefeated, run-heavy teams. And when you look at the stat sheet for both of these teams, the, the numbers are eye-popping. Guys, in the last two games, Dante Dowdle, the running back for Picayune, is averaging 25 yards per carry. Every That's time he good. touches the ball, it's a 25-yard-plus <laughs> carry. He had 225 yards rushing last week, if you do the math, on nine carries, and three of them he scored touchdowns on. Wow. It is incredible wow. what he's doing. And by the way, he's not the only running back there. They also got a, a player by the name of Chris Davis. The backup is averaging 10 yards per carry. And then on the other side of the field, you got Van Cleve, who's kind of gone under the radar this year. But they have a running back by the name of John Peterson. And Peterson is the leading rusher in the state. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the state. And this kid, he is the definition of a workhorse. In his last, uh, not, not his game last week, but the week before that, he had 50 carries in the game. The game before that, he had 41 carries in the game. He's just putting up some incredible stats, and they're going to play each other tonight. Oh, and by the way, it's a regional game, so there's all that kind of added on to it. So it's a big night of high school football across the state. All right, down here, what is always a big game, Oak Grove and Petal locking up. Uh, Your thoughts about that one, Will? That's always a, a game of great interest down here in the Pine Belt. Yeah, it's a, you know, a big rivalry and an intense one, and I would say this. Uh, the the loser of this game is going to be behind the eight ball big time. Oak Grove lost that game last week against Warren Central, and Oak Grove's now lost two in a row. I know one of those was to an out-of-state school, so it only counts on your record, doesn't count towards playoffs. But that Warren Central loss was huge because they've still got Brandon on the schedule, and they've still got some other teams they've got to play on the schedule that are no pushovers. Pedal for pedal even more so because pedal not only has Oak Grove tonight, but they still got to play Brandon. They still got to play Warren Central. Uh, so the loser tonight is going to be behind the eight ball big time. And Oak Grove is just this is kind of unfamiliar territory for them. Uh, but I I could see either one of these teams winning this this game. Uh, Oak Grove has just been kind of. <laughs> It's just kind of hard to put my finger on what's wrong with them right now. Um, that game against uh, Warren Central last week, Warren Central threw the ball a lot, which just kind of surprised me a, a good bit. But, yeah, that's always a big one, Oak Grove at Pedal. Will, um, Luke Johnson here, thanks for coming on today. A couple of uh, couple games that our people on the Eagle Hour, our listeners, be interested. First off, Rod Davis, my former teammate, now the head coach at Florence, Really surprising how they're undefeated. They beat Laurel at home this week, and, man, they go to Wayne County tonight. Yeah, Florence is one of the the great stories this year. Uh, they just have had an incredible season. They went the first four games of the season scoring like, I don't know, uh, 40 points a game and giving up maybe zero points a game, maybe six points a game. Uh, and then last week they played that game on the road against Laurel, uh, and whenever you go on the road, you guys know, play between the bricks. I mean, it's, it's going to be a tough affair. And they come out a winner, one-point win. Uh, Florence is really getting things done. And then they got to turn around tonight. they got to go on the road. You guys know Wayne yeah. County is a tough place to play at. 
Um, and Wayne County, you know, they got that much-needed win against uh, South Jones last week. Wayne County is one of those teams you just don't really want to mess around with. Uh, any given yep. Friday night, they can put a W on the board. Uh, Florence, though, I'm really interested to see where they end up. They got a pretty uh, – after this, they'll have Hattiesburg, and then I think they travel to West Jones. So they a do. pretty tough they schedule do. the next couple of weeks for, for Florence. I'm excited for, for what Rod's doing. Um, a game closer to you, but still Southern Miss uh, people interested in this one. John White, the MRA quarterback, just went over 10,000 passing yards for his career. He's a Southern Miss commit, and they host Jackson Prep tonight. Yeah, this is a big, big game uh, in the Jackson metro area. MRA had that huge win against Raleigh last week. That was maybe the biggest public versus private school matchup we had this year. And MRA, I think, won by 18, if I'm not mistaken, uh, over a, a, a Raleigh team who's a 3A contender and has the number one recruit in the entire state on their uh, on their team. So MRA had that big win last week. And then Jackson Prep, it's, it's difficult for me to say these words, but Jackson Prep has kind of gone under the radar, even though they are, you know, such a they've been such a powerhouse over the years. But with the season they had last year, uh, a, a lot of people just kind of wrote them off this year, saying, "Well, it'll take a couple years for them to rebuild." But they're six and zero right now, uh, so it's going to be a, a very explosive offense. I think MRA goes, is going to run away with this thing just because they're they're hitting their stride right now. That that win against Raleigh last week showed me a lot. All right, well, we sure appreciate your input every week. Uh, Super Talk High School scoreboard on tonight at ten, right? At 10 p.m. right on this station, you're listening to me right now with Lance and Keith and Butch and Lacey and me, plus your phone calls will tell you what's happening all across the state. Hey, we always appreciate you, Will. We'll look forward to talking to you next Friday. Yes, sir. All right, Will East, everybody, who is the program director for Super Talk Mississippi and also the uh, co-host of the High School Scoreboard which is a big deal, Luke. Really big deal. And go back to uh, last week. That was a big, big win for Florence. Rod Davis, of course, one of the greatest linebackers in um, history at Southern Miss. Got the Florence Eagles undefeated on Highway 49. There we go. There we go. Who do you have tonight? I've got Brookhaven at Laurel between the bricks. All right, that's on WLAU. Caleb, WFMM has? Has Bowling Green traveling to PCS before they have to face MRA next week. There we go. So our two... Play-by-play guys here about the three what three hours, four yeah. hours away uh, from kickoff. All right, we're broadcasting from Woolwine Ford here at Collins during the Mississippi Peanut Festival. And the man himself, Mr. Richard Woolwine, scheduled to join us here in just a few moments. And don't forget, uh, Luke, where all can you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast? A plethora of podcasting platforms. Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. And Kelly has just knocked off his first pound of uh, peanuts. Yeah, Good I'm, job. I'm out of peanuts. Yeah, we'll be right back. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. D1 and D-Bat sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour, a great training facility on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg, uh, uh, baseball and softball training for kids, uh, training uh, for every sport for adults. D1 and D-Bat, we appreciate all they do for the Eagle Hour. We're broadcasting from Woolwine Ford in Collins. It's the Peanut uh, Festival weekend, and 
We're really happy right now to have Mr. Richard Woolwine with us, who is the founder and owner and CEO of this beautiful dealership. And I think it's fair to say the uh, the anchor business here in College, Mississippi. Mr. Woolwine, thank you, first of all, for uh, sharing your facility with us. Well, thank you, sir, for y'all coming up. Well, we appreciate it. I know. I know that you're a big part of the community uh, in Collins, and I know your business is obviously a huge part of the business community. So the Peanut Festival gives uh, gives us an opportunity to kind of shine a light on what I think is really, if you, if, you're tra- if you live in North Mississippi and you travel to the coast and you come down Highway 49, you'll come by this dealership and you'll come by the exits to Collins, but you really won't get to go downtown Collins. And I've always thought Collins was one of the best-kept secrets in the state, just a wonderful community. Yeah, Collins is a real nice small town. It's got a lot of pretty buildings, courthouse, nice, there's several things, you know. we got two or three really good restaurants in Collins, and, you know, Mitchell Farms is right up there that hosts a peanut festival, and then they have the pumpkin patch and all this, but... Collins is really growing. You know, Keith built his new station here since we built the Ford store. And, you know, there's a lot of positive things happening for this town. And, you know, Mr. Woolwine, you got your store here. You've got your, your Dodge Chrysler Jeep uh, store. There's a Chevrolet dealership down the street. There's a big independent lot across the, the highway. Really, you can travel from from. Jackson, Hattiesburg, Laurel, a lot of areas to Collins and, and find a, a good opportunity to buy vehicles. Yeah, sure, it is a good car town. Uh, Collins is a real good, you know, good car town. We got the six American brands and, uh, you know, the Chevrolet next door, like you said. And then we got Ford Lincoln here and then Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram. And, uh, also building a new showroom in Seminary, Mississippi. We're building a brand new Dodge uh, Ram and Jeep dealership that's going to be right at the second red light in Seminary, Mississippi, and uh, which is right south of Collins. Right, it's five miles south of here. So Collins is a really good town, and uh, also we hope that'll be a blessing to Seminary. Sure. Mr. Richard, good to see you again. Of course, you have to put up with my father-in-law, Don Husbands, every day, and uh, we're all laughing about that. But um, this is – talk to us about, you know, this this building still, man. People drive by on Highway 49, and how many years have, have you all been in this? We moved in here the uh, January of 16. It's been about, what, six, seven years now. But your father-in-law, his, going back to him, he said when people pass through – Collins now they're going to say well that's where that Ford store is you know <laughs> because right. it does kindly stand out I'm not bragging I'm thankful the, yep. Lord, the Lord's blessed us with what we got I'm not trying to as fellow says pop off but right. it, it is a landmark and it is a pretty decent place for Collins we think and we're thankful and proud to be here we uh, we've we've bought a lot of cars from over here, obviously. And uh, when I married into the husband's family, I was told I needed to needed to be American. I needed to you know own a right. Ford. And Woolwine has been, has been really really uh, good to me. But but you as you mentioned that you, you you have branched out a little bit, you know, with these other other dealerships um, and you know on used lots as as well. It just seems like what in the last ten years used car sales have just taken off. Yeah, they really have. There's a lot of people you know that look for the good used vehicles, and you get a good used trade in. It don't stay here long, you know. So you're exactly yeah. right. 
Our station Jeep is sitting out here, and the four tires on it came from right here. So you guys do that too. You, this is a place where you can come buy tires, you can get service work done, you can get oil changes. Uh, that's another part of your business here. Yes, sir. Uh, used to have people sitting around waiting on the oil change, and Daniel, my uh, youngest son, said, "Daddy, <clears throat> we need to build a quick lane." So we did about ten years ago. And now we got 12 bays, a quick lane where you can get an oil change and get in and out, and uh, tires, brakes, batteries. And uh, we are a complete sales and service dealership. You know, we sell the vehicles, but we also service them. And we have our own body shop. And uh, so pretty much we can do whatever you need done to a vehicle. Before, we, need to let you, before we let you go, what, what years are these two cars behind us? What are they? It's a 1927 truck and a 1935 Ford. Uh, the 35 is gorgeous. 30, 35, yeah, the 35 is, really is gorgeous. Yeah, I call that my Bonnie and Clyde car. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly what, that's exactly what it looks like. You're right. Anyway, and then sitting beside it is the modern version of just speed and excitement, a Cobra Mustang. Yes, sir. They they build them on with 700 horsepower. You know, it's a <laughs> high-powered vehicle. A lot, a lot, a lot of the kids want to try it. I'm sure. Mr. Woolwine, it's a great pleasure to talk to you. We thank you very much uh, for letting us uh, broadcast our show from your dealership today. Thank you, sir. Thank you all for coming up. All right. Richard Woolwine, Joe Lynn Mitchell from Mitchell Farms, still to join us. Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. More to come from Woolwine Ford here in college during the Mississippi Peanut Festival. Record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Oh, my God, now they're all doing it. <laughs> Even Alan over there is doing the Dixie Darlings. The three the, ugliest Dixie Darlings Darling. imitations I have ever seen. The Dixie Darling chops. My thumbs were down. Kelly's were up. Yeah. He didn't do it right. Welcome to the second hour of the Eagle Hour, special edition of the show this afternoon. We're in College, Mississippi, part of the Mississippi Peanut Festival, and we'll be talking to Joe Lynn Mitchell from Mitchell Farms here later in the hour about the Peanut Festival and all the activities that will be taking place here in Collins tomorrow and Sunday. I want to thank J&R Equipment, Annie B's, Wade Funeral Home, Main Street Cafe, Covington County Bank, Mitchell Farms, 
the Rack Outdoors and Sullivan Brothers Auto Fitter Outfitters for sponsoring our coverage of the Pena Festival all week on our Laurel Station, 99.3 WLAU. And while I'm thinking about it, guys, WLAU will be at the Loblolly Festival tomorrow right in front of the radio station. We have got... You can register to win a $100 gift card. You're going to like this. A $100 gift card to Hog Heaven Barbecue. Yes. A $50 yes. gift card to Mimo's Italian Restaurant. There's the third heaven. There's the second heaven. There's the first heaven. But there's Hog, Hog heaven, heaven, too, and it's really yeah, good. I think the best barbecue you could probably ever eat. And uh, also, uh, a lot of T-shirts to give away. So between uh, Hog Heaven and Dickie's, uh, we got barbecue coat. I was going to eat some of these peanuts from the Peanut Festival, well, but that, that went out after the uh, last segment. I think. What happened to them? Well, still, still picking them out of my uh, teeth. Kelly and Alan got a hold of them, and I saw Kelly kind of slobber in the last bag. That they did. They did give us a trash them. can, though. It probably was. Now I got to ask: So, are they finally done with the construction on the street in front of the station, or is there still a little bit going on there? Highway 49 finished before this project did. That's just what you need to know. Because, <laughs> but it is finished. Yeah, 49 is. is finished. We lived to see the end. Well, come by uh, WLAU tomorrow, and uh, we'll have T-shirts to give away, and you can register to win uh, gift cards at those fine restaurants. Scott Watkins is a sports writer for the Biloxi Sun Herald, and and we have learned a real expert on Sun Belt Conference athletics, and uh, we asked Scott to join us here during the off week for the Golden Eagle. Scott, thanks for coming on the Eagle Hour. Hey, thank you guys for having me. All right, before we get to the Sun Belt, uh, Southern Miss obviously with a week off uh, at practice Tuesday, and I, and I was telling these guys here how spirited and upbeat the practice was. Uh, put in perspective from where you see it, how big that win was for Southern Miss against Tulane and to come out of the first month of the year, or first month of the season, uh you know, with a two and two record. Well, it's really big. Um, it does a couple things. One, it gives you confidence, which is you know the the big factor week to week. But the long term thing that it did is it gave not just you know fans, but also the players and the coaches proof that what they wanted to do could work and that they could win by playing hall ball or whatever. And and that's that's kind of the biggest thing because it's not just something that you carry into the bye week it's something that you you keep with you for the rest of the season and it's something that hall and his staff will have on film this it helps the buy-in process Um, everybody's bought in but now everybody's bought into something that they know will work so it in that respect it was a very very big game probably the biggest game of will hall's tenure up to this point Scott, Luke Johnson here. A couple questions for you first. Um, Will said earlier this week that he felt like that Tulane win, he finally delivered a product that he had been telling people that he was trying to sell. And so, yeah, I mean, what, what does that mean for the the, the program? I don't, I don't like a program-altering win. I don't like stuff. It's just it's a good win on the road. But what does that mean for him, the confidence that allows him to continue to sell his, his culture? Well, that's, that kind of goes along with what I said. You know, it, it's something that the coaching staff can take with them on the road, uh, not just, you know, to games, but to, you know, someone's house in, in somewhere in Mississippi. You know, it's, it's proof of progress. It's proof of concept. It's it's just knowing. And, and it, to, to do it against a program under a coach like Willie Fritz with a quarterback like Michael Pratt, you know, this is not 
a win over Northwestern State. This is a win over an American Conference team that had just taken a big, taken down a Big Twelve team. Uh, it's it's important because you know I think fans had had faith and and whatnot, and they had the belief, but they didn't have the proof. And now Will Hall says, "Hey, look." After a year that was almost a complete wash because of you know of just a litany of issues that we had, here is proof that what we want to do can be done. Yep, I know the guys will want to talk to you about this this week and some, but I want to go back to last week. Uh, Troy wins. That's the next opponent for Southern Miss. Beat Marshall at home, but I, I kind of said last Friday, I said y'all better watch James Madison. And what what did that win? How, how did that catapult James Madison? Not only to this conference, but I mean their first appearance in FBS. I mean, are, are they now the team to beat in the East? Uh, it's tough to say, you know, when especially when you're a team that cannot play for the Sun Belt title game. Um, it's still important to get by them because I think you know if you're a Coastal Carolina team, losing to James Madison puts you right back even with App State. Uh, if you're an, a, an underdog like Georgia Southern, who's off to a really hot start, you know that that's also a very important game. So it's kind of a weird thing to look at James Madison being that dark horse that almost just wants to play the role of spoiler. Uh, they can claim a regular season division title. I've been told by a beat reporter up there that that's their goal. Uh, they can't they can't play in the Sun Belt title game, but they can absolutely hang a banner that says you know Sun Belt East division champion and that's that carries a lot of weight in a group of five because that's probably the toughest division that you know we have in these five conferences so i look out for james madison they are not content with um you know waiting in the waters of fbs they want to come and they want to run the table and this thing is wide open i've never seen a group of media standings in the preseason votes as to where they think teams should finish be more wrong up to this point, we've got a lot of football left to be played, but Louisiana was supposed to steamroll everybody in the West. You guys were just talking about the East, but Louisiana off to a miserable start. So, so now, Scott, who's the who's the favorite in the West? Do you do you make South Al or Troy the favorites in the West at this point? It's tough to pick a favorite. You know, I personally lean towards South Alabama because they've looked so strong in every single game that they've played of that. Cannot be this next. The same cannot be said about Louisiana and Troy or Southern Miss. Um, but still, there's so much football left to be played. There are still teams that haven't played a conference game yet. Uh, Louisiana is not that. Louisiana also is still in the mix. By the way, uh, they're they're by no means out of it. But they just lost so much from a coaching and a personnel standpoint that they are clearly back down into that. Who who could possibly finish in second place? Behind Louisiana, Louisiana's in that mix. Who's going to finish in first now is the, is the question. Uh, and I don't have the answer to that. I, like I just said, I think South Alabama looks the strongest, but it's, it's September 30th. So, you know, who knows? Because I think, I think that it really, really hurt Louisiana to go up to Monroe last week and lose to the Warhawks, who were generally picked by just about everybody to finish last in the West. And something that we've overlooked about ULM, you know who their starting quarterback is? Chandler Rogers, who was here under Jay Hobson, and now he's, re, you know, I, th- I think Kubik had something to do with with that. But I mean, that, that's a former Southern Miss dude, you know, that that's uh, winning in in Monroe. I hear Jack Abraham may be headed there next year. <laughs> 
Sorry, Scott. We, yeah, yeah. we get sidetracked. <laughs> hey, Scott, a uh, couple questions uh, from me. It would seem that Louisiana has fallen victim to a new rule in the NCAA that allows kids to transfer without having to sit out. On the other hand, Southern Miss seems to have benefited from the transfer portal, two of the biggest changes that we've seen in college football. So I guess this knife cuts two ways, and what you see with Louisiana and what you see with Southern Miss may be a great example of that. And I I just wrote a story about this yesterday, too. Uh, got some got some thoughts from Will Hall. If you don't mind me plugging myself real fast, it is, it is sure, on the website. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's on, it's on the website. If you just go to our Southern Miss content. I just wrote about um, the transfer portal and how it has helped. It has only helped Southern Miss here in the short term. Uh, Hall talked about um, the fact that he and his coaching staff, they're you know they're they're Mississippi. Uh, they know Mississippi. They know Mississippi well. And if you look at that first transfer class this past summer, it is a lot of kids that started at Ole Miss and started at Mississippi State and have teammates that are already at Southern Miss, have family members that already know the Southern Miss coaches. It has only helped Southern Miss in the short term. He also went on to say that uh, he knows that it will probably hurt. I mean, the, the other side of the blade will come back around and, and hit Southern Miss at some point. Uh, he said that he... His exact words were, uh, at some point, our talent gets so good that a player leaves and gets bought by a bigger school. That is something that, you know, Will Hall knows is coming, but in the short term, it's, it's definitely been a benefit. All right, Scott, if you can hang on, we're going to go to a commercial break. Uh, keep you around. You got a few more minutes? Yes, sir. All right, Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald will continue with us as we broadcast from Collins, Mississippi Peanut Festival. That's where the Eagle Hour is at this afternoon. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, we continue our second hour of our broadcast from uh, Woolwine Ford here in Collins during the Mississippi Peanut Festival. Still to come on the show, Joe Lynn Mitchell from Mitchell Farms. She'll give you all the scoop on the actual Peanut Festival that starts tomorrow, and then uh, hopefully we'll get Mr. Woolwine back uh, to finish up the hour. Going to continue our conversation with Scott Watkins uh, from the Biloxi Sun Herald, who is a who has for a long time has covered Sunbelt football. And uh, so, Scott, we're four or five weeks now into the season. What what are the biggest stories in your mind, the biggest surprises, the biggest disappointments so far about the Sunbelt? Biggest surprise uh, we talked about already, I think, James Madison, you know, showing no signs of, of troubling to, or struggling to make that transition by beating App State, which was just – shocking to me and I think to just about everybody else in the league. Uh, biggest uh, surprise, another big surprise is Georgia Southern. Uh, the fact that they they have the number one scoring offense in the Sun Belt after transitioning from a triple option team just a year ago. They scored 159 points. Uh, more surprisingly, well maybe not so surprisingly, for a triple option team to have a good offensive line and allow only one sack through four games, that's extremely impressive. And uh, then disappointing is staying out there in the East, Georgia State. Georgia State is 0-4. Uh, they yeah. only played teams in the Carolinas, and they lost every time, which cannot be good for a program that recruits that area pretty heavily. 
they have been a disappointment. Uh, they the road to a bowl game for them is it it's going to be tough. Uh, but yeah, that's that's those are my surprises and and my my disappointments so far. I would think that one of the one of the surprises that I would add to the list is not necessarily that they're good, but as good as South Al has been. I mean, they almost went out to L.A. and knocked off a Pac-12 team, you know, on the road. Not necessarily good news for Southern Miss that South Al is that good, but they're going to play the Jags in Hattiesburg this year. So the whole the whole Sunbelt table is right in front of Southern Miss now. It's up it's up to them to do their own dirty work. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, South Alabama does look really good. Uh, what's scary is that they have a they have a good quarterback now, which is not something that the Jags I don't think have really ever had. And they've got Carter Bradley's off to a good start. Uh, we knew that they were have, they were going to have a great defense under Kane Womack, and then you pair that with uh, Carter Bradley and what the Jags have been able to do offensively, and it is very very scary. One of the biggest Sun Belt West games of the year happens to be this Saturday too, with uh, the Jags and Louisiana going at it. That's probably a game that every Southern Miss fan needs to watch. He talked about that game four o'clock on ESPN Plus. Hey, we got some time. Let's do some picks here uh, because of our guests later. And, and Scott, if you'll join us with that, we're just going to uh, get your your thoughts on each one of those. So let's start at that that winless Georgia State team at eleven o'clock tomorrow. They're at West Point taking on um, taking on Army. So Scott, who you got in that one? I have Army because uh, there's not going to be a lot of possessions in that game. And Georgia State has not shown enough uh, for anybody to really trust them, I think. Horrible disappointment the Panthers have been this year. I'll take the cadets. Oh, the cadets are tough. I think they win easily. When will you ever pull against the United States Army? Never. Never. Even so, yeah, Army wins that one. Uh, This is uh, one I think James Madison will win, Scott, but they host Texas State. They're actually a a 21-and-a-half-point favorite in a conference game. Texas State at James Madison, Scott. Yeah, I've, I have heard that said in that exact tone about three or four times this week. It is it is insane. Uh, but, yeah, I've, I have James Madison winning that game. I'll take the Dukes, but the Bobcats cover. We can't go against James Madison. They're, they're showing that they're capable of beating anybody in the league. Yeah, and, and this – that last weekend, Boone was just—I mean—that you couldn't ask for a a stock riser in the eyes of, of public, especially after what Appalachian did to Texas A&M. Yeah, I've got uh, I've got James Madison as well. We can all agree on this one: the Citadel at Appalachian <laughs> Mountaineers. Yeah, we'll just skip that one. Um, Gardner Webb at Marshall. Any thoughts about that? And and what I'm saying is, though, t- Scott, which team was it that almost they Gardner, Gardner Webb almost knocked off yep. Coastal, right? Yes, it was Coastal. Yeah. Who you got in that one? I mean, I would say Marshall, obviously, but um, no line yeah, in this I'm one. Still... Is it going to be close or a blowout? Oh, I don't know. Marshall has looked really disappointing on offense, even with the really, really good running back, running back play that they've gotten. So I'll take Marshall, but I'm not going to, you know, if there's a point spread out there, I, I sure ain't jumping on it. No, I'm going to take Gardner-Webb. I, I think this could be a make-or-break game for Marshall. They lose this one. The confidence factor that Scott talked about earlier is completely gone. They're in a total disarray. What is the mascot of Gardner Webb? Looks like a the bulldog. Spiders. The spiders. That's, that's Richmond. Come on. No, well, he said Gardner Webb. That was the quickest oh, I thing you. I could come up I with. I got this you. Halloween joke. <laughs> as, as quick as James Madison has gone up, Marshall loses this one. You think about it, you open up and win at Notre Dame, and then you you've lost to Gardner Webb. You know. Um, all right. 
big one here, Liberty at Old Dominion, Scott. I just don't like Liberty, so I'm going to pick Old Dominion. <laughs> oh, we just <laughs> I have nothing, nothing, nothing over there. I just don't like Liberty. It's kind of like the way we feel about Western Kentucky. Yeah, you know. No, I'm going to take Liberty to beat Old Dominion. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a believer in their coach. I think Liberty wins. Yeah. Liberty, Liberty winning helps us. I mean, right. it helps a four overtime loss. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go with the Flames. Monroe coming off that interstate win, they go up to Jonesboro at Arkansas State. Scott. Oof, that is a tough one. I'm going to take Arkansas State because I do think the Red Bulls are improved. And Terry Bowden has not pulled together two shocking wins in a row yet. I have to take Arkansas State as well. That that was, If Louisiana, regardless of what happens to Louisiana the rest of the year, they're going to hate themselves for losing to the Warhawks. Now, I'm going with the former Indians. I think that the, they're the, going to win two in a when row. When they were northeastern Louisiana. Correct. To Scott's point, Bowden's coaching um, presently is like my golf game. One good shot, and then I'll chili dip the next one. So I'm going to go Arkansas State at home. Troy, the Golden Eagles opponent next week, they go to Bowling Green to take on everybody's favorite team, Western Kentucky. Scott, who you got? I'm going to have to take Western Kentucky. Troy does not seem to have uh, much of an offense. They can't. They cannot run the football to save their lives. Uh, Gunnar Watson is one of ten quarterbacks in the country with 1,200 passing yards, and he's the only one with fewer than eight passing touchdowns. So I'm going to take Western Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah, I think Western Kentucky will win, too, but I hate to pick them. If Western Kentucky were playing the Hattiesburg Boy Scouts, I'd take the Boy Scouts. I'm never <laughs> picking Western Kentucky. I don't know how I want this game to go, whether I want Troy to win or lose this week for their frame right. of mind towards right. us. Um, I'll go Troy on the road. All right, two more. Georgia Southern at Coastal Carolina, Scott. Mm. Uh, I picked the, uh, the shocking one, the upset one. I love picking against Coastal Carolina this year. It hasn't worked yet, but I'm going to keep doing it. I'm going with Georgia Southern. You know I love Georgia Southern. Chanticleer's nine-and-a-half-point favorite. Are they really? No, no, no. Georgia Southern will cover that if not win the game. Yeah, Chanticleer's don't have any defense at all, it doesn't appear. I kind of like Georgia Southern, tough-nosed team. Which is kind of surprising because Staggs, their defensive coordinator, man, that's they've been good on defense. Um, I, I'm going to go Helton shows the rest of the league that that what he's doing is real so georgia southern um on the road get the road win all right south alabama down in lafayette jacks three and one louisiana two and two kind of reeling south alabama's got an eight and a half point favorite on the road yeah if you had told me that was going to be the line for the uh south out louisiana game i would i would have laughed at you you know a year ago but, uh, yeah, South Alabama looks legit. Louisiana does not. I have the Jags winning. Jags won't even be close. Yeah, I like South Alabama. I, I think so, too. Um, so so that's the games for this week. Which, which one other than South Alabama Louisiana are you going to want to watch, Scott? Georgia Southern and Coastal Carolina. I would love to see if Georgia Southern is for real now that they're playing a conference game, and I'd love to see if Coastal Carolina is also for real after beating a obviously disappointing Georgia State team. And what are you going to watch in the Troy-Western Kentucky game from for, for Southern Miss for next Saturday? Uh, what, what I'm going to be looking for is if Troy can do anything offensively. They have a fantastic defense. It'll definitely be tested against the Hilltoppers, but they have got to prove that they can move the football. Because the way I move, the way my mind is kind of working right now, I see that Southern Miss Troy game. If the Southern Miss offense is responsible for three scores, the chances of them winning are close to 100 against Troy. 
All right, last question real quickly, Scott. Uh, that what, chances, what chance do you give Southern Miss to win the Western Division? Uh, oof. If I look at it totally mathematically, I mean, it's probably less than 20%. Just you know, going off of Louisiana and where South Alabama is and Troy's in the way, you would have to be pretty impeccable. Uh, there's also a scenario where everybody eats each other alive and somebody gets that key win there at the final week or two of the season. And, you know, you've got this almost a random representative from the West. And I do think that Southern Miss would kind of be a random representative. But there's a chance. Yeah, I mean, I mean chance. Scott, you got to realize on this show, we, we don't think logically. We always speak with our heart. So, so Bob, yeah. 48.25%. Eagles. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and hope is alive, guys. And look, the Cajuns are taking on water. I'm telling you, I'm telling you here that's all they're done. Louisiana's already done. You heard it here first. All right, Scott, we appreciate you very much, man. Thanks for joining us uh, this uh, Friday afternoon. We'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you guys for having me. All right, Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald. When we come back, we're going to talk about the Peanut Festival. Yay. But us. there's no more peanuts. Well... Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Eagle Hour, two-hour edition of the show this afternoon. We're broadcasting from Collins as part of the Mississippi Peanut Festival. We're at uh, Woolwine Ford here in this gorgeous facility here on Highway 49. I want to thank Scott Watkins from the Biloxi Sun-Herald for joining us, Will East from the Super Talk High School Scoreboard, and Gary Williams. That was a great conversation about his playing days with Bobby Collins and, of course, Big Nasty. We're delighted now to have Joe Lynn Mitchell on the show, who is one of the owners of Mitchell Farms. And Mitchell Farms here in Collins, uh, Joe Lynn, will be the site of the Peanut Festival. So, uh, first of all, let's go back. Where's the genesis of all this begin? Well, my family's been growing peanuts since 1970, and we started the pumpkin patch in 06. So after a few years, we had different um, people that would come to us and say, can we set up at your farm and sell my wooden furniture I make or antiques and we said I said well let's do a peanut festival we got all these other festivals I said let's do the Mississippi peanut festival and so we got started in 2011 and it's really grown since then did you expect it to grow as much as it has it's a big deal here in Collins now no I I mean I I always set high goals so I don't I don't really know what I expected I just um but we, we've got 150 craft vendors setting up today and in the morning, and then about 25 food vendors setting up. So you're so. not busy right now. <laughs> I had school groups this morning. You saw me. I come in on two wheels. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's talk about the peanut festival. What, what are we going to see this weekend? What can people bring their families here and enjoy? Well, they'll get to do, they'll get to enjoy all the vendors, of course, you know, shopping with them. We've got lots of great um, arts and crafts, boutique, children's things, um, antiques, 
all kinds of stuff like that you can, you can shop for. We've got great entertainment lined up for the Saturday and Sunday. And then, of course, all that comes with the uh, regular pumpkin patch activities. We do a trailer rod tour of our farm. It's narrated. tells you all about the farm. It's about 20 minutes. The um, You can do the corn maze, the hay maze. You can um, get a, everybody gets a free pumpkin from the pumpkin patch. We um, have a train ride for all the kids. All that all that's included. We also have our three log cabins that we call our museums that um, my mother-in-law and father-in-law have collected antiques in for the last really 50 cool. years. Yeah, yes, really you've cool. been there. So, um, and then they can tour our peanut operation and just just hang out, enjoy it's, the day. It's clear you know everybody here too. I see yeah, people I do. are waving at you right <laughs> and left. Yeah, we were talking uh, to Mr. Woolwine uh, earlier about what a really I think. I think a great secret, in a way, Collins is, mm-hmm. from people in other part of the state may not understand, but this is really a really neat little community, isn't it? It is. It is. We've got a lot of great people that live here in Covington County and, and work hard to, to make our county be what it is. And as we saw when we began to visit with merchants around town about uh, this week of promotion and mm-hmm. the culmination of that with us broadcasting here today, they're really supportive of the Peanut Festival. They are. They are. Everyone's very supportive. Our newspaper is very supportive. Most all of our businesses, they have their children or grandchildren's birthday parties out at our farm or family reunions. And so it's, it's really nice. All right. So how many times, Jolyn, honestly, has somebody ever come up to you and, and sang, Jolyn, 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 Jolyn. I even have my own dance to it. <laughs> okay. I've been dying to do that all day long, and I think I hit all the notes. You did. You, you know, did great. Mississippi, obviously known for sweet potatoes. A lot yes. of people know that, that Mississippi uh, sweet potatoes are big. How prominent would you describe peanuts because i gotta be honest with you i i was shocked when i learned that we were growing peanuts around here mm-hmm. um there's only two farms in covenant county that grow peanuts and then that's the mitchell rogers and that's our family too and um and then us then there's a couple of farms down south most we sell most of ours green to boil and up north they don't eat boiled peanuts so Yankees. um Yankees. Yeah. yeah. Even North Mississippi, they don't eat boiled peanuts. But. but when you're sitting there as a family thinking, okay, let's grow something, how in the world did you come up with peanuts, considering well, the state doesn't is not the, really known for it? Well, back then, the government was coming up with programs to help farmers out, and they came up with a peanut program called Peanut Quota that uh, my, my father-in-law and his... Um, First cousin, our nephew, and then another guy. They came up. They just they just decided to buy, get into the program, kind of like the CRP program. And with the green peanuts, they um, they only they were only allotted so many acres that they would be able to plant and get paid for. So once they dug them and they got their allotment, they had this left, and they said, "Well, what can we do with it? Well, you can eat it, eat them, or you you can sell them." So that's how they started selling green peanuts, just right there in the back of a pickup truck in my mother-in-law's front yard in the early early 70s. Now, I would be the type of dolt, the mope, that would get lost in the corn maze. So what, what happened? Does anybody ever get stuck in there where they have no idea how to get out? And how do you go get them? Well, when Santa Claus comes on the 24th of December... He'll pick them up and take them back home. <laughs> it's going to be a long it's going to be a long winter there in the peanut. Oh, the no, we would go in and get them. Yes, we would. Okay. We would go in and find them. All right, them. here's the question I want to know. What is the secret to boil peanuts, to make them the best they can be? Well, a lot of people add, they, they we, we put our peanuts in our pot 
fill it with fill them with water, and then you put your salt in and you let them cook. And it takes about an hour, hour and a half for them to get done. But when you taste them, they're not going to be salty. It's just like cooking shrimp or crawfish, and people start pouring more salt, more salt, more salt, and then they're too salty. But the secret is just to let them cook to the consistency that you want it to be. Some like them real, real squishy. Some like them kind of, kind of hard. Um, and then let them soak in that water for 30, 45 minutes. When they begin to sink, that's when they're ready to eat. Watch for the peanuts to sink. Peanuts sink. That's it. Did you know that? Well, then your Washington, your Washington football team should win the Super Bowl <laughs> yeah, because they probably should. <laughs> they've been sinking they're for no a... longer my team, Kelly. <laughs> no, that's right. You're a Saints you. fan now. I that, do want you right. to know that one of the gentlemen here brought some ball peanuts from your farm for all of us, but Kelly and Alan here ate them all. So well, that we was not made clear to me, Bob, that they were really for everybody have, we else. We don't really have any more, but we could probably buy some tomorrow. Correct? Yes. If you come to see me, I might could even give you some. There we go. Now, so you, you younger guys, what U.S. president? Grew peanuts, Jimmy Carter. Uh, Caleb, you're, you're not older. younger. I was you're not say, younger. You guys have heard of Jimmy the super Carter. Super intern here doesn't even know who Jimmy Carter is. <laughs> have you ever heard that name? Have you heard of that name? So, Jolene, is that the st- is Georgia like the number one state in peanut production? Or? I think it is. I think Georgia is. Yes, mm-hmm. and then Alabama's probably behind them. Why? You've got enough on your plate. Why would you want to put together something like the Peanut Festival? It's just more work for you to do. Well, my husband and I got married in '04. And Katrina came through in 05 and destroyed a mm. lot of the timber that my mother and father-in-law had planted and grew mm. for years to um, for retirement. You know, farmers, we don't we don't have a retirement. You have to make your own retirement. Well, Katrina blew all that down. That was depressing. So we bought a sawmill and we started building a, lock, a cabin. Well, anyway, I was home from work for a week just helping out on the farm. And I just loved it. I thought I never thought I'd like to work on a farm. But being home with my children and so... We, it took us a year later to figure out something to come up with. I had got, we were growing vegetables really big back then. So I had got nominated since I was new in the family. I got to go to the meeting in Jackson and sit through all these long meetings of what was going on. And that was when the word agritourism just started really being a buzzword in Mississippi. And so I was at the beginning of that when that started and that I got put on the board nominated to be on the board, and so I was able to travel to different states and different parts of the state to see what people were doing. And I come home, I said, we need a pumpkin patch. These people are, are having a pumpkin patch in their backyard, and we've got a farm. I mean, people would love to bring their kids out here and enjoy this. And so that's how we got started, and um, it's just been it's just been a God thing. It's just been something, one thing after the other. And the festival brings a lot of people into the community this weekend. It so does. That's maybe one reason the community supports you so, right? <laughs> well, I hope so. Yeah. How, how many pumpkins will you guys grow on an average year? Well, I know. Well, we normally grow about 60 acres. And that's Ooh. a lot of I grow about 45 varieties. But this year we have had to replant and replant because it started raining. Mm-hmm. We plant them in June and July, and, and every time, stop. and it just never would stop raining. And so we kept the same way with our we we grow big. We have a huge sunflower field we grow for people to come and have their pictures made in. And so that, um, but this year it's going to be the middle of October. I mean October before they're even up right. and blooming. All right, one minute left. Even after the peanut festival, a lot goes on at Mitchell Farms. Oh, everything, everything's the same every weekend until November the 6th. We'll be open every Saturday, 9 to 6, Sunday, 1 to 5, and the pumpkin patch will roll on just like it does the day of the peanut festival, other than we won't have all the craft vendors there. That's the big thing. Um, 
and we're open every Friday in October, the four Fridays in October from 12 to 4 to the general public if they want to come. Getting ready for Halloween. Halloween pumpkins. Yeah. And real quick, before we get any any tips for travelers as far as parking or the best way to get there and handle that situation this weekend. Come 84, take just come down 49, take Highway 84, go five miles, take a ride on Leaf River Church Road and follow the signs. Um, One tip I would say is we do live out in a remote area. Um, We have Internet right now. We can run our credit card machines and ATM machines, but it's always good to bring a little bit of cash. Just in case. All right, real quickly, if we bring Kelly out and drop him off in the maze, would you agree not to go get him until after the holidays? There won't be any corn left. I'll we'll throw that. peanuts to him. <laughs> yeah. All right. Joe Lynn Mitchell, everybody, from Mitchell Farms. We sure thank you for Thank coming. you. We're going to come back, wrap up the Eagle Hour from Woolwine Ford just a minute. Joe Lynn. Joe. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to wrap up the Eagle Hour from Bullwine Ford here in Collins. We've had a great time here for the last two hours. And, uh, I want to thank Joe Lynn Mitchell from Mitchell Farms for coming by and joining us. I'm Mr. Richard Woolwine now here to wrap up the show. Uh, I, I'm, I'm undoubtedly, you know, Ms. Mitchell, charming lady. Mitchell Farms does a lot for the community. Am I right? Yes, sir. She works really hard, and they've done a really great job out there. Yes, sir. And, and as we were talking, that brings people into town. They uh, have an opportunity. They can come by here and uh, see your uh, beautiful facility and, and your your outdoor store across the road, all sorts of uh, reasons for people to come to Collins this weekend. That's right. They need to come out to the Peanut Festival and support it and come through the town and go downtown and look at all the nice buildings and stuff and come on out to Mitchell Farms and buy some peanuts and come by the Ford place and get them a buy vehicle. Ford, yeah. <laughs> you can take, drive the peanuts home in the new Ford. Uh, and it's the start, in a way, it's kind of the start of the holiday season, early, obviously. But then there's a big event here every year in Collins, and that's the Christmas lighting of the park and all of the stuff the community does for the holidays. Yeah, we've got Christmas in the park. It's really nice. We've got a lot of beautiful scenes through the park. You know, and people really enjoy coming and seeing it. Another thing Mitchell does, they are going to have the pumpkin patch, too. You know, that's a really big deal for them. So there's a lot of good things, a lot of positive things for the town. A lot of people work really hard to support it. Uh, Mr. Wilwine, we understand that you're a Southern Miss fan and that you were at the uh, Liberty game and and that you go support the Golden Eagles. I guess you're, like all of us, you're happy to see things uh, seemingly improving in the football program. Yeah. uh, My son and daughter-in-law both graduated from Southern Miss, and they're diehard Eagle fans. And I've watched Southern for years, you know, and support them. You know, USM does a lot for the whole community, for the town of Hattiesburg, you know, it draws a lot of people but 
we're real proud of Will Hall. We're proud of what the Eagles are doing. We're proud, hopefully, that things are turning around for them. Right. We do support them. You know, they drive our vehicles, and we try to help the coaches and the whole deal. You know, it's just the whole community has support to support everything that's going on for it to work. Right. And I'm sure you like what we too like about Will Hall. He's a Mississippi guy. His team's full of Mississippi kids, and uh, a lot of local kids uh, from this area play football at Southern Miss. Uh, we can do things on our own here in Mississippi and do them well, can't we, Mr. Woolon? We can. And, uh, you know, what you mentioned about recruiting local kids, that's really important. That's really you know? important. A lot of these families like to go and watch the kids from here play and He's full of energy, a young guy, and going to do a great job. Now, Mr. Woolwine, we've got a young intern right here, Nathan Lee, sitting with us. He's a student at Southern Miss, a senior. This is a, a very successful businessman here mm-hmm. in South Mississippi. What advice have you got for kids this age, Mr. Woolwine? <laughs> well, uh, you know, a lot of time my advice is not what somebody wants to hear, but uh, i tell you what if he'll do. If he'll read Proverbs 3 and apply that to his life, there ain't no question. All right, are you the Lord, the Lord said, uh, you know, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not thy own understanding. All thy ways acknowledge him and it'll direct thy pace. I wish I'd have done that. Right below that, it says, honor the Lord with thy substance and with first fruits of all thine increase. So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and their presses will burst out with new wine. One of my mother's favorite sayings, he's able to do it exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ask or think. So if you apply those principles, I can promise you, you won't go wrong. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that advice. <laughs> this is a good young man, and uh, we're happy to have uh, happy to have uh, Nathan uh, on our team and, uh, and interning with us. Well, Mr. Woodwine, we really can't thank you enough. Uh, you know, you've uh, always let us come up here. I remember a couple of years ago we had an event planned with JT, and the weather turned really sour, and uh, it was cold and rainy, and at the last minute you let us bring the whole crew up in here and JT broadcasted uh, from your facility, and then you were so kind as to uh, letting us do this today. I just want you to know how much Super Talk uh, values our friendship with you and your fine family and your businesses up here. Well, we value value yours. And uh, back to young man here, you know, you have to do your part. You know, you have to get up and work. Uh, one older gentleman here in this town told me, he said, uh, first of all, you got to do your part. You got to show your employees. And then he said, when you come to the end of the rope, tie a knot in it and hold on with both hands. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, that's some pretty good advice from older folks. But anyway, uh, we certainly appreciate y'all. Appreciate you coming out. And y'all are welcome anytime. Come by and see us. Get a cup of coffee. You don't have to buy a car to be welcome here. You come that. see us. We appreciate you very much. Thank you, sir. Have a great right. day. Richard Woolwine, the owner and proprietor of Woolwine Ford. Uh, if you drive up Highway 49 going north or south, you'll know uh, when you see Woolwine Ford. And I think good advice for you, young yeah, man. It was. It was great advice. From a self made man mm-hmm. who is a really important part of the community here in South Mississippi, and really no finer person on the planet than uh, yes. Mr. Richard Woolwine. Caleb, thank you, buddy. We appreciate you coming up here and helping us. I want to thank Michael back in the studio for holding us down. And, uh, Caleb, wear that Southern Miss shirt proudly all weekend. Well, you know, I'll wear it for at least the ride home, and then I'll have to change it to my blue for PCS this afternoon. (laughs) There we go. Caleb on the call tonight for PCS High School on 97.3. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until Monday at 1, Southern Miss. To To the the top. top. 
Mississippi Media Production.